In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to Season 7 of the Weekly Anime Performance Review, the special season that we're doing in commemoration of Season 3. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I am John, your CEO of Weaves. I am Chris, your angry ball of horny. And I'm Andrew, your CEO of the Milky Splash. We have an exciting slate of new hires to share with you this week. Uh, not all of which have actually started yet, so it'll be a little bit shorter than this episode might be in a typical season. Uh, normally the first episode of the season is pretty long because we have ten shows to get through, but three of them haven't even started yet. So, uh, I suppose we should just get right into it, yes? First on our list is the Aquatope on White Sand. In the first episode, after washing out of the idol industry, Fuka travels to Okinawa on the spur of the moment. She, runders, she, she wanders around there for a while, until meeting a friendly local who winds up pointing her towards the Gama Gama Aquarium and its director, Kukuru. Again at the spur of the moment, Fuka asks to stay at the aquarium. I must say, you said spur of the moment, but she just called her mom and her mom was like, yeah, we're going to throw a party for you quitting the entertainment industry. And she's like, no. Yeah, but, like, her decision to go to Okinawa was basically spur of the moment. Yes, but... That's what I meant. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm liking this one a lot so far. It's very pretty, first of all. Um, uh, And I love aquariums, personally. Uh, Like, the whole scene where she's, like, floating in the... Like, the, the fish tank, or, like, the vision of floating in the fish tank was really, really cool. You got the whale shark in there. Yeah. I loved that. Which, canonically, did that, like, actually happen? No. Not actually, I guess. Did she think that, like... I could believe it. I feel like there's something magical kind of going on, because they also show the little kid a lot that I think is implied to be a local deity or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that kid. Who stole her hat? Yeah, that's right. And he stole her, her hat bones. and the offering that Kukuru gave. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm like he's <laughs> he could something. be he could actually be the god. And also, no one seems to notice them. Yeah, that's true too. So this show could be a lot more supernatural than we initially think. But it doesn't seem like it's that's the point of it, though. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, not it's, a supernatural it's, drama or anything. It definitely seems like these two characters trying to kind of trying to get their second lease on life. Or the Aquarium and Fuka trying to get their second leases on life. Yeah. Because a, a part of this is that the Aquarium is in danger of being shut down. Because mm-hmm. it's mostly just, like, a bunch of local people who just kind of show up and hang out. Yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine that maintaining an aquarium is cheap. Mm-hmm. Although I would love the opportunity to try. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. I like that the aquarium has penguins. Yeah, penguins are always fun. I love 
penguins. Also, shout out to um, I think Kukuro is it? Kukuro, yeah. Kukuro, uh, she for being the manager of the aquarium, even though she's still in high school. Hell yeah, brother. I mean, yes, shout out, but also at the same time, should they let a person in high school be the manager? I mean, if she can do the job, why not? That's fair. And it seems like they're not really in a position to be picky. Yeah, that's also fair. Because they pretty much just gave Fuka a job because she wanted it. Yeah, sometimes you just get a job out of desperation rather than being a good candidate. But I don't know. I'm really liking this one so far. I think just based on this first episode, it has the potential to be really, really cool. Yeah. I'm going to retain it. I'm also retaining this one. I'm retaining as well. So that is three retains for the Aquatope on White Sand. Next up is the case study of Vanitas. In the first episode, Noe is a vampire traveling to Paris to find the legendary grimoire of Vanitas. He meets another vampire, Amelia, whose true name is corrupted by a malady and goes on a rampage. She is saved by a human. He uses the grimoire of Vanitas to give her her true name back. He reveals that he's a human who has given Vanitas his name and book and asks Noe to help him save the vampires from the maladies. And then in the second episode, Noe and Vanitas have a meeting with Count Orlok, who has Amelia in custody and wants to execute her. Noe convinces him to give the pair a chance to prove that the book works the way they say by tracking down another curse bearer. They do, but they are interrupted by another vampire, Luca, and his knight, Jean. I was going to say, so she's totally Jean of Arc, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, 100%. Well, because like, they, they call her a knight and such. Is this fate? <laughs> nah. God, I hope not. <laughs> it's fate if uh, King Arthur shows up. Uh, I love the dynamic between the two of them. <laughs> that, like, Vanitas is kind of a little shit, and Noe is, like, completely like, I don't like you, but our goals are aligned for now, so we're together. Well, he doesn't even know that he doesn't like him. He's like, why don't you want to partner with me? Uh, I guess I don't like you. <laughs> the beginning, like... the beginning of the second episode is like, maybe it's just that I hate your guts. It's great. I love this. Yeah. The two of them are so good together. I also really loved, like, the opening was in, like, a storybook kind of style, but yeah. a bit creepier. I, I like how the, the uh, yeah, the, the storybook opening is really cool, and the OP is all just, like, Noe wanting to see the sights of Paris while Venny is like, hey, we have stuff to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that was clever. Also, uh, Orlok is the name of Dracula in the 1922 silent version of Dracula. Uh, nice. Nosferatu. But yeah, this one's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's vampires, and it's a Bones anime, so like, you know. You know how Bones do. You heard us gush about Skate the Infinity. Also, the ship that they come in on is called The Whale. Bellin means whale. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed the like design of the airship and just kind of a lot of the buildings in general. It's 
definitely like a steampunk mm-hmm. past type of thing. It's one of those settings where like, oh, sometime in the mid 19th century, they discover a new energy source that like gets them up to like present day technology levels, but differently. It, Code Geass is the same thing, except that show has mecha. Also, airships are just cool. Airships are just cool, okay? This is facts. Like, 90% of the reason I play JRPGs is because you get a cool airship 90% of the time. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, so I do hope that we see more, like, technology and such. <laughs> but yeah, this one's really, really fun. I, I would love to see them just adventuring around Paris, helping vampires escape the curse. I don't know if they'll stay in Paris the entire time, but mm-hmm. they it'll might, defi- but... I think it'll definitely be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there are some cities that can carry an entire series, and Paris is one of them. But yeah, I'm very excited to see where this one goes. I'm going to vote to retain it anyway. I'm also going to retain I'm retaining as well. Next up on the list is The Detective is Already Dead. Uh, In the first episode, after he helps her foil a bizarre hijacking attempt, the detective Siesta invites Kimi to be her sidekick. He's unconvinced until they work together to solve a drug case at his school. After a long time adventuring, Siesta dies, leaving Kimi alone again. That's... I wonder how this works. Like, how they're structuring this, that, like, you know, she's, like, all over the marketing for this. Um, there's a black-haired girl in the previews that kind of looks like becomes her type of thing. And they also, in the, if you remember the summary from Mal, it's she shows up and is apparently not her. Uh... I'm going to say this off the bat. I like this one, but I think it works better if you just, like, delete the word detective from your mind and replace it with secret agent. I mean, she has some, like, deductions that she makes and stuff, like... Right, but also she's like, I knew what was going on before it even started, which is not how a detective works. But it is how they should. I also saw on Twitter that... This was an adaptation of, like, this was just the prologue and then a bunch of anime original content. So what comes next might not necessarily, this might not be completely accurate to what comes next. Mm. I thought it was pretty funny, though. Mm -hmm. I thought it was good, yeah. Uh, (laughs) She just orders, like, five pizzas to his place. (laughs) I think that was, like, five pizzas over the course of a week. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I also did like how um, when he got out of the bath, he was like, if you see something, please react. And she's like, it's not worth it. Damn. Ooh. <laughs> I don't see anything worth reacting to or whatever. It's like, ooh. ooh. I mean, to be fair, it could. That doesn't mean it's small. It just means it's not impressive. That's fair. Destroyed. Either way, destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, but I don't know. I thought that like had some really great action animation during the brief action scene yeah. on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the, the the case at the school was really really fun. Mm-hmm. It was because they had a they had a, a drug pusher 
<laughs> disguised as a bunny when like five other people are also disguised as bunnies. Yeah. And I love how he goes into the crowd to blend, but then he's just peeking around a corner like that's totally him. It like <laughs> Yes. He's so suspicious. Yeah. Lots or of they... bunny costumes this season. I like how they're like, oh, if he's disguised, we'll get disguised too. And then they get in a wedding outfit and they're like, maybe we took too long doing this. <laughs> the rom-com took up too much time. And they're running and he's carrying the dress behind her. Mm-hmm. Then she's just like, hey, I can fly. You know, as you do. Yeah. yeah. So she's definitely some kind of like super soldier, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I'm interpreting this right now. I'm really interested to see where it goes from here because like this would have already been a really good setup before they're like, oh she's dead. Yeah, well that's I mean that's that's what the title is. The title is saying, Oh, the detective already died. Like yeah. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like if the title was something else and like this was still the first episode minus that, oh, she's dead. It would still be, like, really, really exciting. But mm -hmm. now I'm really interested. I think... I kind of wish that they had made, like, each of the adventures, like, a minute or two shorter each, and then had a bit of a montage of their adventures between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a good... That would be good to just be like, oh, instead of just him just saying, oh, trust me, we had all kinds of adventures. Yeah. I, I I understand and agree with that sentiment. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I liked it. I was glad to have enjoyed it. I am going to vote to retain. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely more rom-com or thriller and thriller than just mystery. But knowing that, it, I'd say I retain it. While the detective may be dead, this show sure isn't. I'm retaining. Nice. <laughs> Next up is The Dungeon of Black Company. In the first episode, Ninomia has finally set up his perfect life as an ultra-neat until he's pulled into another world where he becomes a corporate drone. He's lucky enough to find an associate in Wanime, a dragon friend named Reem, and a hypno-staff until this scheme goes awry. This one was way funnier than I was expecting. I Even though I knew it was going to be a comedy, I laughed at it way more than I thought I would. Um, I was say, they call him an ultra-neat, but he set up some sort of scheme to where he just gets, like, infinite money, and, like, if you're getting money, are you considered a neat? I think a neat is just someone who stays inside and plays video games all day. It's it's an acronym for not an education, employment, or training. Right, so is it technically employment if you're a real estate mogul? Uh, I mean, is that a real job? No. I, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I like that it acknowledges the fact that rich people don't actually work. It, yeah, this is a parody of someone who has it made having to become a corporate slave. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> so he's not dumb. It's not like he's just a neat because he's lazy. Like he worked really hard so he could be lazy. Well, no, he he is a neat because he is lazy, but he worked hard yes. to get there, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I like how like 
when this when the episode starts, like there's a typhoon going on, and people are like, "Oh, I have to go to work," and he's like, "Ha! I'm here in my tight, tight undies in my apartment. I don't even have to worry about it." And then he gets isekai. He gets isekai immediately. If you live in Japan, just don't tempt fate by saying, ha, I'm contented with life. And don't say your life sucks either, because either way, you're going to get isekai. It just don't exist. Yeah, but if you think your life sucks, you could. Just don't comment on your life. Anyway, I thought this one was really funny. Uh, I, I like how much of a shithead Ninomiya is. Like, he's just unabashedly the worst. It's yeah. great. Um, big Ed, Ed, and Eddie vibes of all things. If that makes sense. Like, you know, it's all about him doing crazy schemes to try and escape his station and gain wealth. Never watched that. I loved Ed, Ed, and Eddie when I was a kid. Although their only major goal in life was jawbreakers. Basically, every episode of Ed, Ed, and Eddie was like, Eddie coming up with a scheme to try and get the other kids to pay quarters so they could get jawbreakers, and Ed and Ed going along with it. <laughs> Good show. And that's what I think this show is going to be structured like, kind of. Maybe, I don't know. So I did like Rim. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, Rim. Um, who is this, like, super awesome demon who just wants food? <laughs> <laughs> so, so like he's like ah oh, yes this this dragon will help me uh get the the demonite better but she, and then she winds up being more of a financial drain than a benefit yeah because she just eats so much i thought that was pretty entertaining anyway i i thought this one was really funny i hope that it can stay the course in terms of you know staying funny I hope that eventually he can travel to other settings. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm into it so far anyway. What do you guys think? Yeah. It I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm going to retain. I'm also going to retain. It was all right, but it didn't. I didn't really find it that funny. It was just kind of stuff to me. I'm going to fire it. All right. Sounds good. So. That is one fire for the Dungeon of Black Company. Next up on the list is Girlfriend, Girlfriend. In episode one, Naoya finally has his childhood friend Saki in a stable relationship when Nagisa confesses to him. Rather than disappoint her or cheat, he rolls a nat 20 on persuasion and gets both girls to date him and even move in with him. And then in the second episode, Nakisa goes through Saki's phone and can't do math. The trio goes back to school and has a debate over whether they should go public with their unusual relationship. I thought this one was really funny as well. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's kind of an out-there premise. So the writers just leaned into it by making every character insane. Yeah. I think this show... Mm-hmm did a better job than I thought it would because it's not just doing the, oh, he wants to date two girlfriends. Now, there's some things I have issues with about that, but they did it to where also the two girls 
kind of like each other. Like, well, Saki especially is like practically about to jump Nagisa's bones before Naoya is. <laughs> like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, or if I didn't look at the art and suspect they were going to add two more girlfriends. I I might suspect that it might end up going Yuri with it and yeah. just have the two girls kick the guy out. <laughs> that would be a great ending. <laughs> no, it ends with all the girls kicking Naoya out. Yeah. They just wombo combo him into oblivion. But yeah, this one also made me laugh out loud a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't laugh out loud often that to anime that much, but both of these really got me. We have a lot of really funny anime this season. Not a lot, but I will say this does, if you're concerned about, like, hey, this is, like, a weird relationship stuff, the reason they get into this mess is because the boyfriend is like, I really like you and I want to date you, but I also really like her and I want to date her and I don't want to cheat on anyone, so the only way I can see this working out is dating both of you. And he's very upfront and transparent about it, which I think is good. Naya is a king who understands consent. And I appreciate how it kind of does the opposite of most rom-com tropes, where the drama comes from people being too honest rather than not being honest enough. Yeah, because, like, she starts pressing him on what he's, like, thinking about. He's like, oh, threes would be pretty cool. And she's like, what the fuck? But he's being honest. And then we also get um, Psyche being like, Noya does weird thing or Nagisa does weird things to my body. <laughs> it's like, um, do you realize what that means, right? I still thought it was funny when Nagisa was going through Saki's phone because she was like, "Oh, I don't want to go through uh, Naoya's phone because he. I don't want to know what kind of stuff he's into." But all Saki's his is just sex. <laughs> first time sex when? First time sex how? How? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first time sex where uh preferably in the privacy of your home uh saki <laughs> but yeah it was it, it was it, it was pretty funny i think it wasn't not raunchy but it was very funny yeah <laughs> yes but yeah i i'm i'm actually liking it even more than i thought i w- i thought i was gonna be all right but I, I actually liked it more than i thought i would and i was advocating for this one if the, in the hiring episode actually or was I? I don't remember. I don't know. I voted for it anyway. <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say is Naoya desperately needs a haircut. Dude's looking shaggy. In fact, like 90% of like young male anime protagonists desperately need a haircut. Well, they, they can't be self-inserts if they have nice looking hair. I've also, that's kind of the style now, you boomer. Yeah. Whatever. If, if being if get, having a good haircut means being a boomer, I'll be a boomer till the day I die. I have fabulous hair. I retain. I'm also gonna retain. I'm retaining as well. There's three retains for girlfriend, girlfriend. Uh, Ida Ten Deities in the Peaceful Generation did not have an episode this week. It will not premiere for another two weeks. So it's not being discussed this week. Next up is Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan. 
Uh, in the first episode, Uramichi is a depressed former gymnast who is now a kid's TV host with a bad habit of letting his personal life bleed into his act. He takes it out mostly on his coworkers, so at least he's got that going for him. I love the, the mascot guys. The guy in the bunny suit. Usao is his name, I think? That's the bunny's uh, name. Yeah, oh, Usao's the bunny's name. I can't remember the um, man's name. Tobikichi it also starts with... Usahara. Yeah, that's right. Because they're, they're Usao and Kumao, but their the actual names both also start with Usa and Kuma. Yeah. Which is rabbit and bunny. Or rabbit and bear. Kumatani. Kumatani, that's it. Uh... <laughs> I took notes on characters' names this season. Okay, be proud of me. But I love the bit that like they always wear their costumes in the studio because they're afraid to actually show their faces t- to Uramichi when they're Unless sober. They're, yeah. <laughs> well, that's only the bunny. Yeah, but like I do love how the bear was also like a complete sellout. Of like, <laughs> he didn't keep any secrets from Uramichi. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And also, like, I love how, like, the director or, or any of the crew of the show doesn't stop him from saying such weird shit to children. And the children, like, bring it up in later shows. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this went on air. I'm sorry, my throat is sore from heavy drinking. And, like, the next episode, the kid's like, are you still, does your heavy drinking still hurt you? <laughs> and I think kind of where they might be going with this one is that a lot of Uramichi's misery is self-inflicted because like clearly he has people that want to be his friend and get to know him, but he kind of blows everyone off because like pretty early on, like after they wrap up for the day, the crew is like, all right, who's going out drinking tonight? And they ask if Uramichi is coming. He's like, nah, he already went home. So it's at least partially of his own design. I think my problem is that I found the show amusing, but mm-hmm. I did not find it funny. Really? Yeah. Like, there weren't any punchlines that I had me laughing out loud. There were times I'm like, oh, this is fun to watch. This is a funny scenario. But I feel like they didn't capitalize on any of it. Like, I, There were a couple of things that really had me actually laughing. Like, um, like the other two hosts, one of them is a singer who's really desperate to get married. The other is a male singer who's like got everything going for him, except he has an incredibly immature sense of humor. <laughs> I thought it was really funny that um, they <laughs> that he's like so immature that if you just say the word "dick" to him, he like laughs so hard that he can't even come out on stage. But anyway, I I wasn't I wasn't super wild about this one when we saw like the preview. But now that I've actually heard the dialogue, I think it's pretty funny. I think my issue with it is that if you know the premise, you know all the jokes. And so none of the jokes really stood out to me as that funny because I was expecting them. Yeah, I think if the show... Like, the show is a comedy. If the show was something other than a comedy, I would find it funny enough. But as a show that's supposed to make me laugh, it didn't. I don't know. I thought this one was funny. I did think it was... I think the only funny joke that I liked was the um, when they're drawing their friend and he draws his like sleep demon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a bird writing a piece of bread? I don't know. I still liked it, so I'm going to vote to retain. 
I wasn't a huge fan of it, so I'm going to fire. Mm-hmm. I got a fire as well, which is unfortunate, okay. but... Mm-hmm. So, uh, that is two fires for Uramichi Onisan. Uh, Nighthead 2041 is also starting next week, so it uh, so we will move on. Uh, next up is Remake Our Life. In the first episode, Kyoya has failed in his dream of working in game development and goes home dejected, only to wake up ten years earlier. He takes his chance to work harder to pursue his dream by going to art school. There he lives with three other students and begins his new lease on life. Okay, like, how did he not realize sooner that the three people he's living with are, like, the legendary artists he was obsessed with before he went back in time? They go by different names. Yeah. I figured it out, like, instantly. (laughs) I mean, that's because you're watching an anime and, like, of course they are. And did they confirm that the other two were? They haven't. Well, yet, one of I'm... them, one of them is like Nanako or something like that, and like her, she goes by not N at sign N A in the future. I think it is the three, the three of them that are the platinum generation. I, w- I wasn't saying they weren't. I was just saying it should also be like half of this episode was he got he was at a startup that didn't work out. And then he thought a girl was jumping off a bridge, but turns out she was just taking off her shoes because they were uncomfortable. And that turns into him working at like a super big company, like think of like Blizzard or something like that. I got I I was I was thinking it was like supposed to be Square Enix. It might have been. Yeah, I I, yeah. Blizzard is American anyways. Um, Mm. But. Then that doesn't work out and his whole department is kind of. Has layoffs and stuff, and so shut down in favor of a mobile game. Yeah, but it's it isn't just oh he failed. Like they showed him failing, succeeding, and then failing again. Like mm-hmm. yeah, like that's gonna be even more discouraging. Of you had everything going for you. Like he was also like the star on their team, pretty much that everyone went to for help, even though he was just a temp. Or not a temp, but he was like a contract worker still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you'd call his title like project manager or something like that. Officially, I don't know. Uh, but getting to see him like go back in time and try again and really try to actually cultivate his talents this time is a neat premise. It almost it almost feels like an anime movie premise. Is is this based on anything? Uh, it's a light novel. Okay. okay. He also had a nice conversation near the end with um shinoaki yes shinoaki of how just because they're good at something doesn't mean you're not good at something and you might be jealous of them but they might be jealous of you because she talks about how he seems to be really good at doing adult stuff yeah he just has his life together better than the rest of them (laughs) and how she's jealous of that and stuff but Mm. yeah and I think where the show might be going is that he ends up giving up on his dream of, like, the game design part, and he just becomes a manager. Maybe. Possibly? I don't know. I don't know, because think... they... Oh, go ahead. Well, the whole, like, reason why he goes back in time is because he was accepted to two different schools. One was, like, a... Uh, creative school. I don't remember exactly what it was called. The other one was like just a basic economics school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He got he, he got accepted to an art school and a business school, yeah. and he went the safe route because he's like, I mm. don't trust my talents enough 
And so I think they might go the route of you should believe in yourself. And what what it also might be is that the um, redheaded girl that uh, he uh, attempted to save from suicide, but then ended up hiring him, is also at this school, Kawasagawa. I think she, in the original timeline, she might have been in the house in his place. Mm. So he might end up following her path in life. And hiring her instead? Maybe. Although I don't I don't know if it's going to go that far in this season. I kind of don't feel like it. Yeah. Uh, she'll. I think she's definitely kind of a rival mm-hmm. in this timeline. Even though all... they were, even though they're better friends in the old timeline, mm-hmm. I think it might. I don't know if it's a rival as much as like a driving. Yeah, I guess rival. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where this goes. I'm going to retain. Me too. I'm also retaining. I'm retaining as well. All right. Last on the list is Sunny Boy, but again, that does not have a new episode yet. Uh, so we're actually already finished for this episode. Uh, and I feel somewhat surprisingly, Life Lessons with Onicha, with uh, Uramichi Onisan has already been fired. So I... it learned. You say this, but Chris in our hiring episode, I feel like I figured he was going to fire it. Yeah. All right. Well. Regardless of whatever our personal feelings are, it learned a life lesson today. Be better. So that one's gone for next week. Uh, I believe... Yeah, that's all we gotta do. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wappercast to get occasional funnies and updates about the show. And if uh, and it's probably pretty likely that at some point we'll have two of these shows tie for which one gets fired. And if that's the case, there we'll put a poll on our Twitter so you guys can decide. Uh break our tie as it were um and also be sure to check twitter for our poll and what we should do for our ova episode in the month of august that's also up there check that out as well anyway this has been your weekly anime performance review season seven episode one i've been john your ceo of weebs i've been chris and i'm totally a middle schooler and i'm angie your ceo of lopping it off Beep boop, ravioli.